Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. I don't know. This meeting's being recorded. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon show. Uh, Dan, I don't even know where to start, so I'm going to throw you for a loop here, hmm. and uh, we're going to go through. We're going to do a blind tasting during this show. How do you feel about that? I mean, about like a one and hey, done for me. I, 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 about I like say, a one why and not? Done. <laughs> um, so, so we don't know what order we're going to be tasting A, B, and C in. However, in, in no particular order, what we're going to be tasting is uh, Basil Hayden Ten Year. I know that's near and near, near and dear to your heart. Like we're going to be drinking uh, a Willet Rye and a Sagamore Double Oak. So it's a dang good tasting. It's, uh, you know, it's not going to be a bad one. I mean, I don't know why I put uh, basil tenure in this one. I guess maybe just to kind of bounce through some different tastes so we could experience uh, some different levels of rise and double oaks. And, what's the, what's uh, the and proof we, on that one? Who, uh, which one? The basil. On the basil? Uh, you know, I think it's around 90. I don't, uh, the bottle, I canned the bottle already so this was the last i didn't know if it went up because it was a 10 year or down or whatnot you know because it's regularly it's what's like around 80 or something uh yeah typical their their regular offering oh let's uh let me take a look and see what uh basil hayden 10 year i've got the other two bottles in front of me but uh basil 10 year see what the proof point is on that one don't don't go getting uh don't go getting squirrely on me i'm already there i already did it (laughs) <laughs> no, damn, we're not shooting these. We're, we're not shooting them. We're going to sip these. We're going to sip these. Um, 10 years, a mellow 40 proof. No, it still says it's, uh, it's a 40 proofer, so, or 80 proof. 80 proof, sorry. Yeah, 80, that's what I was thinking. So, okay. Yeah, 80, 80 proofer. All right. Um, all right. So back to uh, back to golf. Oh, before we get into golf, uh, did you see my uh, posted some videos at birdies underscore bourbon on the old IG of my swing. What'd you think about it? Uh, well, you know, if I was going to quote Hideki saying, you know, if he was a 10 at the masters, he was like around a one going into the Zozo. So if you were a 10 ever, I'd say you're probably around uh seven and a half. Ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Now, now, I don't think you're saying that my 10 is anywhere close to Hideki's 10. No, I'm this is on a curve. It's on a curve. Uh, okay. Well, you know, I, I actually had some pretty good feedback. Uh, who JT Watson said swing looking pretty good. Um, John Tattersall, friend of the show, uh, PGA Tour coach extraordinaire. Uh, he said he didn't know. I, so I don't know. I didn't know how to take this. He said he he had never <laughs> seen me vertical in, in a camera shot before. I don't know what that means. I mean, I know the difference between vertical and horizontal, but I've never we've had him on the show multiple times. Always a great time talking with Tattersall. And I've never done a show while I was laying down with him. So or, or laying down in general. So I don't know what he meant by that. I don't know what he meant. Did he confuse you uh, with Bryson at all or no? Uh, he, maybe, you know, he did not, maybe. he did, he didn't mention swing speed, but maybe that's what he was referencing. Yeah. I, I don't know. It could have been, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I did ask for a point of clarification 
And uh, he, he came back with another snappy comment mm. and uh, not sna snappy in a good way, in that good, dry British humor kind of way. So I'm like, well, I'll just like it and move on from there. I don't I don't know if it gets any better. So uh, mm. but dude, but he, he left a comment. So you keep chatting, because while you bring this up, I'll bring the swing up. I'll bring the swing up. I, I mean, I'm just saying it. And, you know, and I, I did tag a lot. Well, of you the put coaches. in the story, didn't you? You put in the story. No, no, no. It's on. It should be on the page. I thought mm -hmm. I wanted everybody to get a load of that. Oh. Uh, we got uh, got a little tournament coming up in Sweetens Cove, uh, beginning of December. I, I wanted folks to see what they were going to get a dose of. Oh, there it is. I got it here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so I tagged. Uh, yeah, JT Watson, uh, Patrick. He, I, I probably blew his mind. I mean, he he probably is scratching his head, going like, I don't even, I don't even know. I, I, whew, I couldn't even help this guy. It looks so bad. Let's see. You put some. Uh, did you put some? Um, uh, let's let's see. What we got. Let's see. What we got. Here we go. Uh, our friend, uh, Mr. Kelbell. He had some nice words to say. Got some sound here too. Oh, here we go. Yeah, look at that. I, I mean, it, it, it actually sounded like I could have hit the ball before I hit the ground. Which I, they say I that's see you, went, you definitely went hoodie on the course. I, I'm, I'm trying to break into this new era of golf. I said, well, hey, man, it was, uh, I don't know, a balmy like 48 degrees, but sunshine. So it wasn't wasn't cold by any means. And and I got to get seasoned up for this Pinehurst trip coming up. So uh, we got got lots of things in the hopper, man. We got we got a, a December round in Sweetens Cove in the Sequatchie Valley. So you know, chances are it's not going to be balmy there. So uh, I said, yeah, man, I, I got to get uh, got to put myself under these game time conditions so uh, so I can get brushed up on it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. Back to Hideki. That's what people want to hear about. Top of the hour, the man, the man of the year for Japan. Is it is it too early? Is it too? Yeah, I, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. I, you know, he was probably playing with a little bit of chip on his shoulder. Uh, the Olympics were held in his home country this year, and uh, I don't know that he medaled. Actually, I don't think no, he did. No, he didn't. And uh, Shoffley obviously won the gold. I think was Sabatini? it Straka? Sabatini. And there was one other one. I forget who it was. And uh, yeah, I want to say it was Straka, but I think Straka came out, came out hot out of the gate. And I think he, uh, he petered out there anyway. Uh, so it had to feel good for him to get that W under his belt at the Zozo on, on his home turf. Uh, arguably, arguably the best Asian player uh, to play on tour. Yep. I, I, yep. I don't know. I don't know that I could say he's not. I think uh, one like of their over 50% of their wins or something, right? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I think there's 13, 12 or 13, 14 wins somewhere low teens. And he's uh, give or take. He's roughly half of the wins on tour uh, on the PGA tour of a Japanese player, Asian player for that matter. And I think the only person I don't know if KJ Choi is ahead of him or if he just tied him. I think he may be one win behind KJ. I think could be. I, I may have screwed that all up, but that's the that that's the that's his. Uh, that's where the bar's set, right? It's kind of like uh, you playing me. The bar's not set all that high. All you got to do is really show up. So 
But again, he comes out, he, opening 64, you got to be feeling good when that happens. And uh, bookends it with a 65 on Sunday. So I think the back night on Sunday kind of knew I, I didn't watch it real time. I kind of watched the highlights, uh, you know, that were pre-recorded for my viewing pleasure. And uh, it, yeah, I mean, it was uh, the, the Hideki, the ball striking machine that everybody knows and, and everybody bets on. I did. I did walk away with a little bit of scratch on that. Uh, I won't say that uh, that I covered this month's mortgage, but uh, but I didn't lose any money. I did have some outright money on Hideki, just given all the scenarios that were there. So that's uh, so that's a positive. Didn't lose any money this weekend gambling. My uh, my DraftKings lineup, on the other hand, right. anyway. That plays, anyway. The, the course played a lot tougher than I thought it was going to play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, once again, congratulations to Hideki. Uh, winning on his home soil had to be a, a little bit of a, a breath of fresh air. So hold on. When you're describing, you were describing my, you know, me playing at my 10 versus my one. And and I think that's kind of what Hideki was saying, right? He's like, hey, I, w- I was at a 10 when I played the Masters. Like everything was firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, coming into this thing, he's like, I'm at a one. I, okay, take it with a grain of salt, right? Because it, even his one was was better. Well, his one is good enough as, as he judges it uh, to finish five strokes ahead of everybody else in the field. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's uh, looked looked really good. Uh, I, I don't know. Is is it too early to coin Hideki as Player of the Year? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah. It's a little early. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little early. It's a little early. But you know what? I think it's it's been a great year for him. What a great year for Japan. Uh, we talked about it. I did not place the on the one and done. I did not do Hideki as my one and done. Um, I went with KH Lee and uh, I did pretty well. I did pretty well. But um, we talked about it. You know, Tiger, Zozo, yeah. then the Masters, right after, then the Masters. So we got Hideki, Masters, then the Zozo. Just make sure we keep him out of the Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that that's going to happen. Number one, number two, uh, wouldn't surprise me to see a repeat masters champion in Hideki Matsuyama, by the way, uh, if you want to get early money on that head over to busser, that's B U S R.com forward slash birdies and, uh, create your profile and put some early money on Hideki. I don't have the odds in front of me should have, uh, go check us out at birdies underscore bourbon on IG, check us out at birdies and bourbon on YouTube. And we will post the odds for where Hideki is sitting for the masters early odds for uh or on buster.com forward slash birdies uh i I wouldn't surprise me at all to see him as a as a multi uh multi-tournament winner uh this year on tour at at all man i think winning the masters winning in his home country it's got to be a confidence builder for him it's got to put him in a in a in the right state of mind winning by five strokes i mean yeah that that's I, i think there's uh I don't want to say there's room for improvement, but I think that there is absolutely room for him to uh, to go out and win multiple tournaments this year on on the on the tour. Well, that was huge for him to win that. I mean, it's a lot of pressure on you when you're in country like that, too, right? I mean, that, that press follows him around everywhere, and for him to go out there and claim that, I mean, he's had it's been a, a number of years, but still, it's just it was awesome to see him do that, right? 
Yeah. But yeah. And I mean, it's no secret, right? I mean, what the, the Asian community, how they love their golf. And I mean, Hideki's kind of the, I mean, there's a lot of Asian players on tour, but you know, Hideki's kind of the guy, you know, I mean, he, he's the ball striker. He's the only, I think only major champion uh, in the, uh, nah, that's probably not right. Eh, maybe right. He may be the only Asian major champion. I can't think of what major KJ choice one. It could be, it could be, uh, my, my bourbon lens talking here, oh but, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, just saying, looked, uh, looked really good. And I think, uh, I'm glad, well, I'm not upset that I didn't pick him as my one and done. Cause I, I think there are more good things to come. Uh, and I did go put some early money on Hideki, by the way, it was just, uh, I did it. I was a little cloudy. So I don't remember what the odds were. Oh. I, I didn't really, I didn't really care. I I'm like, you know what? It, it's good enough right now. I can put a little scratch on him and, and take a chance. Nice. nice. So, uh, let's see who else. So hold on, you, no, you, hold on, hold on. Uh Oh, yeah. uh Oh, uh Oh. So we got, we got, so we got a little bit of chatting to do here. Just give me a second. I'll pull this up. Up, 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 up. up. Big, not big so fast. Oh, not oh, so fast. By, by <laughs> the way, by the way, I did. Uh, so while you're pulling it up, I did some bourbon hunting this weekend. I don't know if you saw. Uh, of course you know, I did. Yes. Well, here's the thing. So I went out and, and I don't know why, because it's the same juice. I just wanted the bottle cause it, it's kind of cool. And, and I wouldn't say I collect anything, but if I, if I get something and I like it, uh, I'm typically going out to find another bottle and a uh, huge, huge fan of smoke wagon and everything Aaron's doing over there. And he released a, I don't know, I'll call it a, a limited release bottle. And it's only the artwork on the bottle. It's the same. Uh, it's just the same um, uh, flagship offering of Smoke Wagon. And he did a little Halloween bottle. Couldn't, hadn't been able to find one. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take some time. Let me go hit a few stores and see what I can get. I'll be damned if I didn't get two. So I'm excited about that. But then... What I didn't realize, which if I would have realized, I probably, I, I definitely would have taken somebody with me. Mm -hmm. I should not, I should not be allowed to go bourbon shopping, liquor shopping on my own. Exactly. Because no, what, what was, what was going to be one or two bottles? Cause most of the time in the Atlanta area, they're putting a limit one per on the smoke wagon stuff just because of availability. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know, maybe they're trying to create more demand, whatever the reason is, they, they limit one per. Yeah. And well, I'll be damned. It's uh, it's it's store pick season. I mean, there were store picks out the ass. And I'm really? like, well, oh, oh, yeah. I'm like, well, I better get this Knob Creek and oh, I, I better get this bullet. And oh, I better get this. Uh, what else? Did I, uh, I better get this Chattanooga uh, Chattanooga whiskey pick. And, and I'm like, well, shit. OK, well, I, well, I got I got to go to Sherlock's now because uh, Minks had them. I'm sure Sherlock's got them. So I, here I go to Sherlock's and guess what they had? Oh, yeah. So I'm loaded up on all these things. Um, what else did I get that was interesting? Oh, Four Roses, uh, Small Batch Select. It's not the not the 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 uh, the release at the distillery, but uh, you know that Small Batch Select, it does tend to run out in the Atlanta area. Maybe it does never worse. Yeah. So I think my, you know, eh, I'll get a bottle or two turned into like a, I don't know how many it was. It, it was, it was a bunch. It was like, I, when I pulled back in, I had to make multiple trips to carry in multiple cases of liquor. I think I have like 15 or 16 bottles or something. And I'm like, shit. So I said, well, when you get on, and of course they're sitting right here staring at you. 
it's like, well, I mean, I just can't sit here and stare at them. I guess I need to start drinking them. So, uh, so I, I felt, uh, uh, I felt compelled to, uh, to drop some reviews out there. So hopefully everybody's liking those. You'll see some of them again on our IG. You'll see, uh, we're going to get them uploaded to YouTube as, uh, as time permits. So go check them out. Uh, we'd appreciate a like subscribe, follow. And if you don't like them, tell, tell us what you don't like about them. If you do like them, tell us what you do like about them. Are there any picks that you found? And uh, how did, how did my tasting notes compare to yours? Everybody's going to be different. If you don't like it today, taste it again tomorrow. Could, could be completely different. So which Sagamore uh, are we drinking? Uh, uh, we are drinking the double Oak. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got the C. I think it's C for me. Uh, I think it is. I haven't tasted it yet, but it just by the looks of it, you can kind of tell. Yeah. All right, so here's what I, here's my Hideki thing. So check this out. Congrats to Hideki Matsuyama on your victory at the Zozo 7th PGA Tour win, and you are part of the Rolex family. Rolex family? I thought they were going to say he was part of the Dyson family with that um, <laughs> with, with that air purifier he's holding up there. So, air purifier. <laughs> so, hold on, hold on. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. So he's part of the Rolex family. You can see he's sporting his watch there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. Probably a Submariner or something. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it looks like it could be a GMT or something like that. Or yeah. Oyster. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like uh, a GMT or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah. maybe one so, of those. Yeah. yeah. So I know why you're bringing this up, right? So so Rolex, obviously a Swiss owned brand. I mean, does, isn't there a, uh, an Asian brand of watch that's equally as reputable as Rolex? I'd say like Grand Seiko or Seiko would be a really good brand for, I mean, Japan makes them and there are some fantastic watches, Grand Seiko. Now they don't have the prestige as a Rolex. So they're not going to trade in like the secondary market, you know, and you can still buy them in, in a boutique or an AD and that kind of thing. But, but yeah, I mean, from a, from a guy from Japan, I, I thought he would be sporting a, a Grand Seiko or a Seiko for sure. Yeah. Which is interesting, right? I mean, because I think most people, when you think of Seiko, you probably think like Target or Walmart and you're, you know, welcome up to the counter and buying the uh yeah, no no I, i'm just saying for someone that doesn't know much about watches i mean you're thinking oh i'm gonna go get the 30 or 50 dollar uh you know kind of big 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 box department store Ooh, let me go to kohl's and get my uh get my boyfriend a nice watch for his birthday you know and you're dropping i don't know 60 or 70 probably for the the real high-end one there yeah. but i mean they've got some really nice watches i mean good quality and and the name is there right it's just it's i don't how do you outdo the marketing of uh, of Rolex and tag and all those when, you know, those folks that are not building kind of a, uh, an entry level watch, right. Or not even entry level, just a kind of a, Hey, I just need a, I just need the equipment to tell the time I'm not wearing it for a fashion statement or, or a social status, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised too. I mean, they've got to have the money to be able to drop it on them. Uh, but here's the one thing I don't know. I wonder if Seiko, we need to check this out. I wonder if Seiko has any relationship with the tour. And I wonder if that's a reason if, because Rolex does, Tag does, uh, what P Reed wears, uh, Hublot. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there's plenty of uh, Pinot Ricards out there on, on uh, some folks are wearing that one. So, I don't know why they couldn't, unless the market's just so saturated. They, you know, they, and, and the name of some of those other watches. But I, I mean, if you're not a watch guy and you brought up the name and you, you wrote it down or showed somebody how it's written, I mean, how many people are going to know what Hublot is? 
Hublo. Right. Hublo. Hublo. No, no. Hublo. I mean, I mean yeah. it's Hublo for Greg. But I'm just saying, if, if you're not if you're not a watch guy, and again, to that to that degree, which I think maybe even more reason that Seiko could get into the get into the game because a lot of people could afford a Seiko, even at an entry level price. Not not the big department store stuff, but getting into their their grands, right? Some of the entry level is going to be a lot more affordable. So you know, along along the lines of like what like a Citizen maybe or something like that from an entry level standpoint, where you know, Tag and Rolex. I mean, you're spending four figures just at base base level. So, right, right, and and with the reason I bring it up with Hideki is because he really does ambassador his country right so it's it's lex yeah. it's lexus and it's uh the clubs and strix on and everything right so it's everything is about J the japan so i was surprised are, that the watch wasn't there too are you looking for a new gig in uh in public relations or sponsorships i could use some sake <laughs> i could use a lot of sake Ooh, that's do you, do you take your sake hot or cold or or depend it just depends on the 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 uh when you're when you're drinking it yeah just it depends it just depends yeah hot in the morning cool go. in the summers yeah but you know what i'm saying about it and it lacks everything yeah 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 i i think it's uh i think it's a good call out in the sense of uh of, of why he does again you know, and I don't know, is, is Hideki really, is he a brand guy? I mean, I think he's wearing those brands. I mean, yeah, yeah but he's wearing the brands because they're paying it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's wearing Rolex because they're paying them too. Or that, that's what I'm saying. But I mean, would he, would he prefer to wear a Seiko? I don't know. I don't know. We, if we get him on the show, uh, we just get his translator on the show and we can uh, ask him and, you know, we can, we can just filter the. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I just, with all the, without the, all the ambassadorship of him in this country, I just thought it was interesting that he did Rolex because there's so many guys on tour that already do Rolex. Like, Tiger, Phil, Ricky, uh, Brooks, they all got it, yeah. you know? So JT. Yeah, I to totally agree. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Rolex is putting in that caliber. Why aren't we? Who's to say we're not? That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, so let's talk a little bit. Uh, I don't know where you want to go next. I want to talk about, uh, while we're still on the Zozo, uh, Mr. I lost my PGA tour card, but I lighted up on non us soil. Tommy Fleetwood, uh, comes in at T seven, still, still 10 strokes off of, um, off the leader Hideki Matsuyama, but, uh, Fleetwood looked pretty good. I mean, uh, 67, 68, a pair of seventies to, uh, to close it out. So I, I don't know. I mean, uh, we're going to see Fleetwood get his game back on. It's kind of the equipment change. Is that now move, the move to Taylor made? Is that what's throwing him off? I mean, look at, I mean, they didn't throw John Rahm off. He obviously, he didn't go to Taylor made, but you know, I, I'm just wondering if that's, you know, is it, is it got him screwed up somewhere just in his head with the equipment? Uh, I, I don't know. They're not playing stock Taylor maids that, you know, we're walking into uh, the PGA superstore and buying. So I, I find it a little bit hard to believe that it's an equipment challenge. Uh, it could be a head head challenge or a head game due to the equipment change. So we saw this with not the equipment change and I'm with you on that. It, it could be some of that. It might be, but we saw it with Sanjay. We saw it with uh, Rory in that the guys that were hot going into the pandemic, uh, didn't fare well during it. So consider the pandemic, the uh, earthquake, and then the tsunami is what we're in right now. So the, the tsunami for Rory and Sanjay and Fleetwood has been the last year and they just struggled. And then now I think we're going to see their, their tides 
rise, if you will, to where I think Fleetwood's going to have a good year. I think they're coming out of it, man. These guys, like even I play even throw Ricky in there. All these guys that were struggling last year, been focused, they're they're they've been working hard. They're going to come out of it. Fleetwood's a really good player. I think he's going to have a good year. Uh, speaking of, uh, would you say a high tide raises all ships? Uh, well, Ricky's tide wasn't high this week. I can tell you that. Uh, I, you know, coming off that T4, felt good about him. I still feel good about using him as my one and done. You know why? Because I don't have to worry about picking Ricky Fowler in a one and done for the rest of the year, rest of the season. I'll uh, give you a moment. <laughs> he finishes T T forty four with at plus three shoots a seventy on opening day and comes I will in with, trade you a Ricky Fowler Mulligan for my John Rom. <laughs> ain't, ain't, ain't happening. Ain't, that is not the way one and done works. Ricky shoots an opening day seventy, comes in with uh, with trip seventy ones to uh, to close out the last three days, and yeah, I, again, I don't know that i'm necessarily concerned about where ricky's at I, I think we will see him kind of rise again i don't know if we'll see a win uh this year on tour from ricky but uh but i, I do think he'll get back to the t4 form that we saw at the cj cup i think it was so what did you feel about seeing him on tv after like round one and two or whatever it was uh, what what it, he was on tv <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I'm, I'm scrolling down and I'm like, okay, I see the WD and I'm like, all right, I see Carlos Ortiz there. Uh, where, where's Ricky? Where, where's where he's not. All right. He's not in the WD column. He must still be playing, but uh, I'm like, I don't know where he's at. But then he's in the booth. He's like broadcasting. And we're like, uh, wait, what, what, what is this a Phil thing? Ooh, now that I'm telling you, man, that could be, that could easily be a uh a little celebrity fill-in spot for him because he I, I thought he sounded pretty good i thought he was entertaining enough uh you know obviously he's uh you know wins majors that he hasn't won whatever you want to chalk it up to uh you know he uh he still has the uh, uh what do you he's got the mochizimo that that he needs and he has the respect of the fans he has the respect of the players I could see that being an easy transition to bumping, uh, bumping Sir Nick out of there and, and Phil Mickelson for him to take over that, uh, that job. Let me hear, let me tell you what a Ricky Fowler broadcast would sound like. Okay. So it's Thursday. It's, well, no, they don't do it. It would be it's just be Saturday and Sunday, right? They wouldn't do Thursday and Friday. So, oh man, I just got in on Delta. What a great flight I had on the way in. It was great. I, they, they treat the just first class with that, that professional treatment. If you, if you upgrade into first class and it's perfect, this and that, I got my Starbucks and then I'm ready to go. Here we go. Here we go. Phil on the first tee. Here we go. Boom, boom, boom. And then at the end there, you know, 18th hole on Sunday. Oh, it's Corona time. They're going to close this thing. Out. <laughs> Uh, that uh, Delta, it's like, oh yeah, they that that uh, that Delta one drinking cheap champagne out of a real glass. It makes you feel special. Everything, everything would be a like a like a segment with a sponsor. You know, it's Corona Hour coming into the eighteen here and all. Yep, one hundred percent. It's absolutely like he is the uh, uh, he's the NASCAR guy. He's the Ricky Bobby of uh, of golf. That's a good point. Uh, he's a Ricky Bobby of golf, man. That, yeah. That's the only way. Yeah, I mean, to, to to just to echo your. Uh, your comment. Yeah. I mean, that, that's who we've got. It's like, wait a minute. 
Ricky, when's your tea time? It's like, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm just in the booth today. I'm like, oh, oh, well, we didn't know with all those logos you're sporting around all over yourself. <laughs> he's like, no, no, guys, guys, I got to I got to wear the hat. It's in the contract. I got to wear I got to wear the hat during broadcast. Oakley prescription glasses, non-tinted. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, we love Rick. We do love the guy. No, we do love Bucky. But is, so is Oakley making a comeback? Uh, I, I'm not saying that they were ever down, but I, I would say that that from from, where, from from the time that we grew up, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm so I'm going back to like the Agassiz date. So really early, early, early on in in the uh, not to say we grew up in that period. I'm just like who's the athlete that was kind of rocking? Uh, who Bo Jackson? Uh, Andre Agassi. I mean, those are kind of the two prominent ones that kind of stick out to me. And Agassi especially, right? I mean, he was wearing them like while he was playing. But you got Bubba Watson mm-hmm. that drops, and and he wasn't or, wearing the sunglasses. He, or, he, but but he dropped the gear. Hold on, he but he dro- but Bubba drops the gear. So so did it free up a little cap space for Oakley? And it's like, hey man, well we we got a little extra money. And guess who? Guess who's not wearing our shades? Well, our next consumer. The, the consumer that is now being influenced into what kind of sunglasses are you going to wear going forward? And it's like, why would they wear Maui gems when they could wear these uh, Bucky specials? Exactly. It's good. I, I, I you know, Bubba moves over to uh, like, um, yeah. And yeah, I, 100%, it could be happen. So maybe he did. He moved over there and they said, hey, we got some extra cash and let's give it to Ricky and give him some glasses on him and see how it improves his game. So Ricky yeah. picks up Corona and Oakley last year. The beer of champions. Mm-hmm. I wish uh, maybe he'll come out with uh, the Corona, the Brooksy, the mm-hmm. Brooksy of beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so who else at the Zozo? We got to. I want to talk about this blind tasting we're doing a little bit, and then I want to get into Morikawa started soft and got better and better. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, shoots a 71, 68, 67, and sixty nine. I was finishes T seven. I was a little surprised. I, I expected a little better showing out of him. It's a tough trip though, going like from you know from Vegas over to Japan. That's a tough trip. You know. Yeah, Xander Shoffley had the, uh, I don't want to say rough, the day two was kind of rough at a 74, but 70, 74 and a pair of 68s to close out the weekend. So finishing at T28, still a little surprised in, in what we saw out of those guys uh, over there. De- definitely expected more. And it just goes to show, man, I mean, uh, while we're not professionals and uh, not necessarily saying you should listen to us, but... Uh, I mean, everybody had kind of, I think Xander was the favorite going into the, going into the event. And I'm sure a lot of that had to do with his, uh, you know, his most recent win on, on Japanese soil and gold meddling at the Olympics. Uh, Colin Morikawa, just in, you know, the, the recent form that that guy's been in, but yeah, uh, goes, goes to show even the experts get it wrong. So I listen to them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what else on the Zozo? I think we did good. So, um, it's, uh, it was fun. It's fun. The only thing about the the toughness is you got to watch it on replay, right? So that's all there is to it. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. All right. So, so let's get, let's talk about, um, A, B and C again, we are tasting in no particular order. Uh, I actually, it's not, yeah. Basil Hayden, 10 year, Willet and Sagamore double Oak. So what's, uh, what are you thinking on, on A? 
I think A is outstanding. Uh, a is outstanding. B, uh, C, I think is definitely the second more with um, the darker and everything else. Um, B's got a lot of peanut to it for me. So which one has the peanut out of all the three? Yeah, I'm getting a lot of mint uh, on A. Uh, kind of mint, lemony, or lime. Some kind of, some kind of like that uh, that zest uh, of a lemon or a lime. Probably lemon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting a little juicy fruit gum on the back end of A. Mint there. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, I I I don't get the I don't get peanut on the nose on B. No, it's I'm, I'm getting like that kind of oak vanilla. I'm not. I'm getting peanut. I do get a little peanut. It's a real thin mouthfeel on this one. Yeah. Uh, finish finish falls off pretty quick. I mean, just just uh, easy sipper all the way around. And I can't say enough good things about C. That's, so is, that's is just, B is B the um, Basil Hayden? Well, I haven't looked yet. You want me to look? You want me, you want me to guess or you want me to look? Guess. I'm going to say A is Willet, B is Basil Hayden, and C is Sagamore. I, I, would, I would agree with you. Um, and then we'll rank them when we get done, right? So there, and again, nothing wrong with any of these pours. I mean, I think they're all, I think they're equally different, but equally good depending on, you know, when you're kind of looking for things and, or what you're looking for, what kind of mood you're in. Uh, are you talking about golf and, uh, you just want to crack a few things open and kind of get into what you're drinking. So there you go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the reveal when we come back after this break. Yeah, I'm Matt Janelli. You're listening to Birdies and Bourbon. Drink up and buckle up because we're going all the way. Welcome back. Dan thinks he's guessed it just right. He thinks he's nailed it in our blind tasting. Uh, we are sampling Basil, ten, Basil Hayden 10 year, Willet, and Sagamore double oaked for the reveal. Mm. I gotta get a, I'm gonna, I gotta get a manicure for this next time if I'm gonna be showing my hands. Like this. <laughs> Wonder if anybody's uh, open for sponsoring. Uh, ooh, okay, Dan, here you go. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's go ABC. What do you think A is? I think A is Willet. That is correct. What do you think C is? I think it's Sagamore. That is a fact, and that means B has to be. The basil head and tenure. It yeah, it sure does. And that is one hundred percent no BS. We did that blind. That that's true. We knew what we were drinking, but uh, we didn't know what order. We have a uh, we've got a friendly little uh, assistant that takes care of that for us. She does not trust me. She tells us nothing, <laughs> even even if it's important. She tells us nothing. Uh, but so Dan's calling this basil head and tenure, and he's talking about a peanut note. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it on the nose. Mm-hmm. But but now that he brings it up, and I was thinking the actual peanut itself, and it, I'm not getting the peanut itself. Think about uh, when's the last time you've been to like a Longhorn or a Road? What, what's the what's the uh, the chain restaurant where you can bust the bust Texas them open? Texas Roadhouse, isn't it? Texas Road Texas Roadhouse. So you know how a Texas Roadhouse smells, and it's not the actual peanut itself, but it's the you know when you uh, when you roast a peanut, 
the the inside the outer not the shell but the layer of the peanut that little that skin that kind of hardens and crisps up that's mm-hmm. the note that i'm getting that's the it's, i'm getting that that little i don't know what you call it, the skin of the peanut mm-hmm. uh, and i'm getting the shell i'm not getting the actual peanut i'm getting kind of that okay. roasted uh i mean you know what I'm, i mean yeah. you may be getting the actual peanut itself but i'm getting that kind of roasted salty little uh little shell that's in there yeah, as and, long as you're getting close to it yeah you got some peanut that's good yeah but that's what i'm getting i'm getting some peanut stuff we get a lot of peanut with what jim beam kind of stuff right lots of beam stuff it's not i mean the beam note or the beam nut if you will so uh oh so uh you want to rank these now or let's do it at the end of the show Let, okay. let's rank them in order that you because i may have a different order but um you want to talk about the willet or the sagamore before we get into um the bermuda championship i thought the willet was outstanding um, I really do think it's really good. Yeah, a lot of mint, a lot of uh, kind of that lemon zest or maybe even lime zest on this one. I'm definitely getting that citrus zest Definitely a Bermuda kind of bourbon right here. Ooh, it is a Bermuda kind of bourbon. It may make a great right. tiki drink. Oh, we're going to get to it in a minute. But they, you know, I love this tournament because you know what they're posting before the tournament? Uh, is it the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition? Yes. Uh, 2021? Yes. No. Perfect. No, it's not. No, no it's not. Uh, hold on. Well, while, you, while you're pulling up, so the reason I say that, so PB Dye sent a, uh, sent a TED Talk uh, of Gil uh, that he was doing and, and talking about his relationship with his dad, Pete. And, uh, he's basically, you know, he, and it's not long. I think it's maybe 15 minutes or so. Hopefully Dan will be able to get that and post it out to our YouTube page. But, oh, yeah. Uh, but just YouTube, uh, you know, Gills and, uh, and Pete die. And he talks about how Pete kind of, you know, would best friend and, and, you know, everything and everything that Pete did for, uh, the Dominican Republic, as far as tourism and you know, with the golf courses that he built. And one of the things that he mentioned is he's like, uh, he, anyway, he references that they shot a sports illustrated, uh, swimsuit edition at teeth of the dog. And he's like, Holy shit. Why have I not been in golf all my life? <laughs> or sad, I'm paraphrasing. I probably butchered the hell out of it, but anyway, it, it, it's a great talk about, you know, I mean, we, we won't get a chance to meet Pete if you haven't already met him, unfortunately, but just a great, great chat about, uh, you know, the, the guy that, uh, that he saw in, in Pete Dine, how he kind of, uh, nurtured him. I don't know if that's a fair word to say, but how he mentored him, I guess is probably a better way to put it into, uh, you know, where he's at today and, and what's going on down in, in the Dominican. So here's their, what they're going to preview. This is what they've been previewing. And, and if you check our Twitter page, you'd actually see this. Wait a minute. Is this my golf swing? Oh Yeah. Right here. Oh, the Butterfield. The Butterfield. Look what they're previewing here. Oh yeah. So, so what is Butterfield? Is it a uh, oh Goslings? Okay. All right. So, uh, what like a dark and stormy riff? I guess maybe. Yeah, they said it was a dark and stormy, um, and uh, a Goslings. Yeah, that. Yep. One hundred percent. The Pink Lady. Oh yeah. So yeah, dark yep. and stormy and a Pink Lady. Yeah, for sure. God. Yep. <laughs> Hey, thanks for letting me know, Dan. We could have been having pink ladies and dark and stormy. And Butterfield is a bank. Oh, it's a bank. Yeah. Ooh, like for offshore trading? I hope so. It, Ill, illegal activity? I hope so. <laughs> well, we'll go, we'll where, go with that. We'll go with that. Where, 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 do you put your, where do you put your offshore money at, Dan? Butterfields. 
<laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, if you're looking for a bank and I'm not, I'm, I'm sure it's a reputable bank. I've never done any business with them. I, I don't have a lot of money to do any business with a bank, <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you're looking for a bank and you're looking through these names and you've got, uh, you've got bank, you've got uh, chase and you've got Bermuda and then you, and then you've got Butterfield who's clicking on Butterfield. And maybe, maybe it's so exclusive and maybe you have to have so many zeros behind your name that, well, yeah, we don't want you to know about Butterfields because we're not interested in your business. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying. 100 percent. I am not here to tell them how to run their business. They must be doing good. <laughs> uh, they, they are sponsoring a golf tournament. We're not. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, so so there you go. Uh, okay. Well, let's, uh, speaking of, let's have, by the way, uh, PB, if you're listening, uh, Dominican Republic, uh, late this year, early next, maybe when you make it back down, uh, let's, uh, let's get some dates together and let's get around in at teeth of the dog, man. We'd love to get some video of that. Um, okay. So we are heading to the Butterfield Bermuda championship at Port Royal golf club. It's a Robert Trent Jones design. It's in Southampton, Bermuda. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to say this many times this year, Dan. I don't think we will. Uh, it's checking in around 6,800 yards. So one of the shorter courses we're going to see on tour. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it should be very scenic. It'll be played at a regular hour so you can watch it without exhausting yourself or having to watch the, uh, watch the pre-recorded for your personal likings. And, uh, yeah, I think most of the holes here are going to be played along the ocean. So you can expect it to be windy. So I'm kind of thinking back. I mean, and again, as we're relating to other courses, I mean, it's going to be, uh, what is it? The RBM, uh, the Puerto Rico open. I don't know if it's the Puerto Rico. Yeah. You know where I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th think about the courses that are, uh, that are kind of in those windswept places. I mean, think about, um, uh, too bad. Why didn't Phil playing here, man? I mean, he lit it up, uh, down in South Georgia this year. So, I mean, I'm thinking, uh, Hey, that's probably a pretty good place for you to, to show up and, and score. So I, I don't know. Uh, this has been played here for two years. The, uh, previous winners are Brian Gay and Brendan Todd at the Bermuda championship. Now the Butterfield Bermuda championship. And, uh, man, we've got a headline. We have got a headline here. If you're looking for autographs and you're looking for star power, eh, it could be short lived. Mm. Could mm. be short lived. I'd say our headliners are, uh, are Matt Fitzpatrick friend of the show, Patrick Reed. Thanks for your support. But uh, other than that, man, the, the field kind of starts going south. And I think we're going to be saying that a lot for the rest of the calendar year 2021 into our 2022 season, Dan. What are your thoughts? It's that time of year where you start seeing yeah, some off season and these guys need an off season, right? I mean, every sport has an off season. We got the year round calendar that Monahan's put together for the PGA tour. They're giving this, they're giving this extra money. If you play the 15 events on the PGA tour, et cetera. But the reality is some of these guys want a little bit of an off season and I think they deserve it too. So, um, it is what it is. And it's a great time for some of these guys that are hungry to get out there and try to earn more points and get their way up the leaderboard and the FedEx points. But what do you mean, like Bucky? Like, should Bucky have taken last week off and played this week? 
Well, I think first off, um, result-wise, yes. <laughs> Zozo Field was pretty damn good. It was pretty damn good. It was it was okay. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me check you there. Pump the brakes. Pump okay. the brakes. Okay. It, it was okay. It was okay. Hmm. Hmm. It's okay. Yeah, it, it, was, I mean, it was stronger than this field. Uh, yes, uh, totally, totally, and and the payout was definitely better as well, in in a no cut event. Yeah. So I, I understand why people elected to go over there. I mean, Ricky just paid for uh, for his daughter's uh, college uh, college. Not, not that he needed to, but he's like, mm-hmm. hey, that uh, j- just another cushion, another cushion. Yeah. So, uh, but no, it's a great opportunity for these guys to 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 get a get their standing out there, get some points up. Maybe they make their card after this. You know, I mean, who knows, right? So it's, it's a great opportunity for these guys. So yeah, I like I like these. I like these. Is is Bermuda still an English? Uh, is it a, uh, an, uh, a UK owned or UK, uh, uh, governed country governed? Yeah. Governed country. Be. I don't know the specifics on that. I don't know. I don't know that. I'm thinking if it, what, if it is, why didn't Fleetwood, uh, pull a string or two and be like, Hey, like, uh, you know, the, I, I need, I need one of those exemptions, you know, mm-hmm. cause I'm thinking Butterfield, if so, I don't know where this is, uh, allegedly, allegedly Bermuda is a European, uh, a UK controlled country, uh, great Britain controlled country, European controlled, uh, or governed country. And, uh, butter, does it Butterfield sound like a European last name to you? Like it could be a European last name, the Butterfields. I actually thought it was great going into Thanksgiving. Ooh, no, that's that's a different butter, different oh. different, different butter. But I know what you're saying. <laughs> Butterball, uh, <laughs> completely different butter. But I mean, this could if it is. I mean, this is where Fleetwood needs to say like, "Hey, Butterfield Bank, like uh, I got I got an empty spot on the sleeve over here. I could use a patch and I could use an exemption." Exactly. Need, need to get my need to get my card back. Exactly. Uh, all right, so let's jump into the. Uh, let's head over to our friends. Uh, let's see what Moose has done for us at FantasyNational.com. Are you going to look at twenty four rounds, or yeah. you want to look at fifty? You look at twenty four. You look at. 50? Uh, you know, this time of the year because people don't play as much. I guess the fifty would be better, but either way, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to fifty. I'm going to go to fifty just because. Uh, I mean, one of the headliners, Matt's fit, Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, we haven't seen him since the Ryder Cup, and we hadn't seen him then since uh, I think in August. So, yeah. I don't know that it necessarily changes things up too much, but I'm going to look at fifty just because. And uh, let's see. Uh, okay, here we go. Well, speaking of headliners, uh, yeah, I mean, I know why they didn't name these two guys, but these two guys may be a little jaded coming into this thing. I know one of them's not going to be in my one and done, but the players over ten thousand dollars: Matt Fitzpatrick, Christian Mazaden, who Mito Pereira. You will not be in my one and done this weekend. Why, Dan? <laughs> you already used them. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I used him at the. I used him at a cut event where he didn't make the cut. Mm. Uh, Patrick Reed, ten thousand four hundred, and Seamus Power at ten thousand and two hundred dollars. Do you like or are you going to be playing anybody in the elite field at ten thousand dollars and above? One hundred percent. So last fifty rounds. Uh, no, 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 Dan. Dan, yeah. you, you, you can't play. 
you can't, even though there's five people there, you can't play them all because that's more than $50,000 just in them. You can't play 100% of the 10,000 and better lineup. Mm. Well, so I like, so Seamus is actually number one in DK points last 50 rounds. So you gotta, you gotta think about that. Uh, P. Reed, great player. I mean, he's, since coming back from this this COVID, it's been a struggle for him. But I think he's no, a, a no, no, lot no, no, of potential no, 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 here. Hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on. He had double pneumonia. He did not have COVID. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's a good point. Let's, actually, let's, it's, a good, it's, a really, it's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. But because they, speaking speaking from someone that has had COVID, uh, I have not had double pneumonia, so I don't know what it does to you. But COVID is definitely a drain on you uh, physically, like the just the, the fatigue standpoint of COVID that I experienced. Mm. So, so let's let's clarify. <clears throat> you know, get get a couple of breathing treatments a day. Get the lungs cleaned out of that fluid. You know, I, I think uh, I think double pneumonia. I think you're recovering. And you're doing just fine. I mean, yeah. shit, he played at East Lake for crying out loud. Yep. Uh, so Fitzy, last 50 rounds, he's second DK points. He's second shots gained total, eighth tee to green, ninth ball striking, uh, fifth in putting. I mean, that's strong. We just haven't seen him in a while, right? So that's the, the thing about him. We haven't seen him since the Ryder Cup. And yeah. I don't, if I recall, I don't think he earned a single or won a single point. I think he lost every match that he played in. Mm, he might have. He might have. So my favorite here is probably Mito, followed by Seamus. What about you? Um, yeah, so I, I'm not against. Uh, I'm probably not playing. What's uh, what's Fitzy's? Um, what's his own percentage? It's got to be high. Yeah, it's got to, probably the highest in the field. Let me get there. Hold on. I think it's. I think it's either going to be Fitzy or or Reed that are going to be the two highest owned. But I, I'm probably fading at eleven thousand dollars. I think there's a better value. Uh, in the field uh, than to spend $11,000 on Fitzpatrick. If Dan picks him as his one and done, definitely don't play him. If he doesn't pick him as his one and done, probably going to want to put him in every lineup that you have. So which one did you want? for what, uh, projected? Well, I would say, yeah, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, so Fitzpatrick, 17% owned. Yeah. So what do you get? 17%, 17% for Bezayden Hoot. Uh, Pereira's at 23. He'll be over that. Uh, look at P. Reed down there not getting any love. And Seamus Power, uh, he's in the high teens as well. So he, here's where I think I'm going to go with this: is I, I'm going to I'm probably fading Fitzpatrick, Bezaden, Hoot, uh, Mito. God, I don't know. I mean, that putting looks so shitty on here. I'm probably getting away from that. I think I'm starting at ten four, and I'm playing these bottom two guys. I think Patrick Reed and Seamus Power might might start out a lot of my lineups. Uh, I mean, everything looks really good. The only thing about Patrick Reed that kind of scares me is, you know, recent form, uh, if you want to call it that, hasn't been that good. 68, the CJ Cup, missed the Shriners. And then, of course, you know, he played the Tour Championship, which I, I'm, I'm not even going to not even going to look at that one. So uh, I think Seamus is my guy here. It may, I may be, uh, maybe getting into a little one-and-done action here as well. So uh, I think Seamus... And I don't, there's no reason to fade anybody. I think if you want to start someone up here, I think you can start anywhere you want, to be honest with you. And, and I, I'm going to be torn. Do I play Reed in this field or do I play Seamus just based on, uh, based on the strokes gain numbers? Right. Right. Uh, for me, it's all about Mito and Seamus in this, this category right here. 
Yeah. Look at you. Just because they've been playing more often and we, we can kind of see some trajectory. That's the reason why. Yeah. No, to- totally agree, man. All right, $9,000. So uh, give me a couple you like and a couple you don't. $9,000 to kick it off. We got Hayden Buckley. Uh, and it goes all the way down to Patrick oh, Rogers. Wait a minute. Do you even know what Hayden Buckley looks like? It's, uh, he's a Puma guy. He uh, Mercedes and Rolex. Um, and uh, he wears a lot of orange. I think that's the guy, See, right? See, well, because I thought he was, uh, I thought he was a founder of a band and I'm like, wait a minute, shouldn't he be on the senior tour? So I'm confusing him with, uh, with Bucky Fowler and you're confusing <laughs> him with who? <laughs> I don't know, it's, a, it's a little, little band called, uh, called Fleetwood Mac. I don't know. I'm like going, I, didn't, I, didn't know I didn't even know he was a big golfer. He was a big golfer. Uh, nice. Nice. No, but, um, but no, sir. So, so <sighs> Aiden Buckley, 23rd, ranked in this model. Uh, 14 projected ownership, 9900 bucks. T8 at the Shriners, T4 at Sanderson, missed a cut at Fortinet. KF, uh, the, the Corn Ferry Tour Championship, T4, and a missed a cut at Nationwide. So, it's, I mean, last two has been on fire. Uh, first shot gain total in this field. Uh, off the T, 22nd. Approach, 29th. Putting, 56th. I mean, that's a, that's a solid, I gotta, I gotta play that. I've got to play that. What about you? Uh, I'm looking up something. I didn't Danny Willett just win an event. Yeah, in he Europe? did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I, I, don't, I it wasn't the Scottish open or, but yeah, but he just won over there and he, he hasn't had a great run, uh, in, in, well, I mean, I don't want to say great, but, um, so Danny Willett, uh, 21st at the Shriners, he missed Fortnite. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, I kind of want to, what's his own projection. I'm looking at it. I, I mean, I mean, just based off of that win, right. Uh, and on the European tour, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's 7% owned. I mean, maybe he inches up towards almost double digits, but I'm, I'm thinking that's maybe a chance. And, uh, I think Adam Hadwin also might be a good look. Uh, I mean, the, the numbers are decent and where's Adam? Uh, we are drinking. Okay, Willett. Come, if we are, we are drinking. Will it, um, and coming in at 15, yeah, just shy of 15%, six at the Shriners, 45th to Sanderson. Uh, I mean, that may, I may look to put some money on Adam and we will go back and check. I'll make a note. We need to look and see what his odds are, but Hatwin could be a good sleeper pick man to put some uh, put some cheap money on. Yeah. Yeah. I like Hadwin as well. Um, T6 Shriners. That was a good field, man. That was a really good field. So but he, yeah. he, this, this may be throwing my one and done for a complete loop. I don't mm. know. I'll let, I'll let you go first. when We get there. Uh, another guy, I, the $9,000 price tag just totally fucks it up for me, but Patrick Rogers. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that that's probably somewhere I'm going to go. And Patrick Rogers, uh, you just jumped off. I think he was uh, mid teens in, um, yeah, 10.3. Uh, mid t- t- yeah. 10% ownership, miss Sanderson six at Fortinet missed a cut at the, well, we don't need to go back that far, but so, you know, I mean, we got a miss cut, we got a six. So I, I don't know that I'm that scared of it. I mean, I think this shorter course at, you know, sub 7,000, um, maybe even sub 6,900 yards. I, I think it's going to open some things up. So, uh, I, I don't know, you know, you can fade plenty of people. I think the guys that I'm probably going to lean and where I'm going to start most of my lineups is going to be, uh, Hadwin, Willett, Rogers. 
And I'm definitely skipping over plenty of people uh, in the, well, there's not plenty in the $9,000 range. So I'm not skipping over plenty of them, but you know, not to say, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Alfred Dunhilly one. Yeah. yeah three weeks perfect. ago. Yeah. 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 So, you know, there's, uh, I, I mean, talk about recent form. I mean, just one, he's still not on us soil. So, uh, so there you go. One time master's champion, Danny Willett. I mean, could he be the guy? I mean, his approach looks like shit. Ball striking is definitely, uh, you know, subpar as far as, uh, as far as the field goes and, and, uh, strokes gain categories, but I'm, I'm not against him. And do not forget, Cal, never, ever forget this. We just said Willet was a great Bermuda bourbon. Oh, speaking of. Mm hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. This is this is like double mint gum. Mm hmm. That finish on that thing is like it's sweet. It's minty. Ugh, reminds me of Danny Willett's swing. <laughs> Uh, all right. So $8,000 range. I don't know how much time we're going to spend through the rest of these things. I, I think this is probably where you get a lot of value. Uh, if I can throw a few out there that I'm probably leaning towards, which everybody else probably is too damn. Mm. Uh, Guido Migliosi. Uh, I think that's uh, everybody else is probably on him too. I think that's probably some action. Uh, yeah. Where's Guido? Where's Guido? Eighty-seven hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at eighty-seven hundred, and uh, yeah, so you know, high owning, high own percentage there. Scott Ta Scott Stallings, uh, he tends to play pretty well in these. Um, uh, we got to find a creative name to call these uh, call these events these uh, these non headliner events. Uh, so Scott Stallings is probably somewhere around the green. He's kind of struggling. I don't know that that might scare me a little bit on a short course like this. Um, who else is kind of sticking out? Ryan Armour, maybe. Uh, I don't I, know. Who do you like here? I like Sahith. And, and I've said that quite a bit. He's got great pedigree, right? Um, and coming out of college with all of his accolades and everything. Then 8800 bucks, 7.4% projected ownership. He missed the cut at the Shriners. Very tough field. But he was T8 at Sanderson Farms. Uh, T47 at the Fortinet Championship. Six at the, uh, the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. T4 at Nationwide. So... Great form coming in. Missed the cut at Shriners. Again, tough field in Vegas or whatnot. But if you look at shots gained total, fifth in this field, off the tee 49th. Around the green, six, 39th on approach, putting 48th, 18th in this model rank, 7.4 projected ownership. I, I, I like him here. I like Sagith. Uh, yeah, I think I'm good on the $8,000 range if you are. <laughs> uh, let's see here. You, you, yeah. you can milk it if you want to. Uh, you, you getting, uh, you going to give any, uh, action to, uh, to Mark Hubbard this week? I am. I am. I saw him and I liked it. So yeah. Eighth in this field in terms of model rank, 14, 14% projected ownership, 7,900 bucks, 83rd off the tee, 11th on approach, strong, ninth around the green and 23rd in putting. Those are all three strong uh, parts of his game that I think are going to be important here. 44th at Shriners, 16th at Fortinet. Uh, and then some uh, missed a cut at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship nationwide. Missed a cut um, in the Boise at T32. So I like him here, though. I like. I mean, some good form coming in. So for Hubbard, he was ranked first in strokes gained total at the Shriners, and he finished 44th. 
he lost three, almost three and a half strokes putting. So, but, but the week before he gained over five and a half strokes putting. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, with this kind of field, I mean, is this a place where Hubbard is, uh, is probably a good play? Uh, allegedly, yeah. probably. Uh, who I like, here's a, a couple that I like. So Russell Knox, mm-hmm. um, I think that's I like probably going to be a play for me, even though, uh, I mean, the numbers aren't fantastic. They're not horrible. Yeah. Uh, ooh, no, sorry, Hank, not, not to you yet. Um, I guess they're telling me do not play him because it didn't want to let me pull up. Right. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Russell Knox. Uh, yeah. I missed the cut at the Shriners and he lost uh, five and a half strokes putting 29 Sanders, 58th Fortinet. Uh, so I don't, I mean, if he could putt, then he's probably in pretty damn good shape. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking Russell Knox, Hubbard, uh, who else down here? Uh, and I'm sure everybody else, a household favorite, uh, Hank Leviota. Uh, I think that's probably a pretty good play uh, there as well. I like Watney as well. 10th uh, in this model, uh, 2.9% projected ownership, 7,800 bucks. 18th shots gained total 64th off the tee 13th on approach and 9th in putting so you look at the 13th on approach and 9th in putting very key here uh t56 at the shriners t2 at sanderson t30 at fortinet that's some really good trajectory coming into this thing i i mean i'm definitely playing nick Watney this week uh, you know how you know how matt wolf swing the, the actual swing you know how it's like for some people it's just belaboring to watch mm-hmm I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Mm-hmm. I've definitely heard it. I haven't said it. Maybe I did. I don't know. Go back and watch all of our other shows and then tell me how many times I've said it. it you know who I, it, it just, it, it, it belabors me to watch Nick Watney over the golf ball. I equate it to the Sergio Garcia of old. I mean, back when, when you know, uh, like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, when, you know, that, and I think it was the TPC Sawgrass that and it could have been at the Open Championship, whatever tournament it was. I, I mean, I'm, I blame Sergio. It doesn't affect me. I just get up and hit the damn ball. But also, you know, my 10 is like his, it, it's like, it's not even single digits. It's like percentiles of, of his single digit. But, it, this whole that like Nick Watney getting ready to hit the ball, it it kills me. I mean, it's I'm I'm like biting my tongue and grinding my teeth trying to watch Nick Watney just get in his setup routine. It kills me. Probably what that means is I ought to take some lessons and I ought to incorporate some of that in my own golf swing. I'm not going to because I feel like it would just frustrate the hell out of me. So, so it, it, you're saying every dude, when Sergio was just like took too much time over the ball, you're saying? It, yeah, but, but Sergio, it's like Sergio, he just rings the club. But he, he took way club, too much time. Ring, way too and much it time. takes way too much time. And that was Nick the Martina Watney, Hingis days, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But Nick Watney, he is like, he's so fidgety over the ball. He's like, it's like he's it's almost like he's doing the salsa or the merengue i mean he's like every time every time he's like doing all he's got all these moves and i know what he's doing i mean he's setting himself up he's getting himself in his 
in in his striking pose. Mm -hmm. He's getting himself in striking posture and he's getting everything ready. He's getting it. It's like Eli Manning on Monday night football. It's in the, you know, he's, he's getting the, getting the hips lined up, getting the hips lined up. And yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Nick Watney is someone that it's always been, uh, he, he has, and, and will continue. And, and no matter if he doesn't play any more golf the rest of his life, he'll play better golf than I'll ever play with all of my golf combined. It's just, it is belaboring for me to watch him. So for that reason, I, I I've got to pass on Nick Watney. Rock it down. Nick Watney, Dan's one and done. <laughs> Nick Watney, champ, champion, 2022 champion of Bermuda. the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. Uh, uh, who else is in here? Uh, so talked about Hank. Uh, Affy Barnrat. I mean, shit, I don't know. Every time I don't want to play that guy, he does something. I, I'm not going there, but uh, very well could. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rye. Not to be confused with Will It Rye that Dan's bragging about mm, so much on the show. So good. Uh, I, I think that's probably a possibility there in, in this field. But, uh, oh, you know, the other guy I wanted to mention. Mm. I know you thought I was done. Mm. No, it is not Sepp Schrocka, But it is. It is. Is this? This is kind of a, a sneaky little tournament that I think old Duffy. That's who I was going to go to. I, I, I think Duffy. Listen. 42 at Fortnite, and we can stop there. But I mean, in his past uh, two, four, six tournaments, he's finished 42nd or better. In five of those, he's finished 28th or better. And in three of those, he's finished 26th or better with his best finish. It's way, way, way back in July, finished 18th, and he lost three strokes putting. Uh, I don't, uh, Duffner is going to make a lot of lineups for me. I can tell you that. Yeah. I, I think that that's, and, and it may, that may very well be the case for a lot of people, yeah. but I think Duffner is someone that's probably, well, here's the thing. I think if you're a casual golf fan and you're scrolling through DraftKings or you're looking through fantasy national and you, because there's a lot of unfamiliar names here, I think that potentially Duffner stands out. Yeah. If you're looking at, hey, who just came off the corn ferry, who's new to the tour, then I don't know, you know, Jason Duffner's kind of an old man. And it's like, I don't I don't want to play that old man. He hadn't really done anything. Uh yeah, putting absolutely could be horrid. I mean, I think there's really the, that one tournament out of the past six that's dragging his numbers down to what they are. But I think Duffner's could be uh I think there could be some action. I definitely like him for a top twenty. Yeah, I'm with you in there. I was gonna go there too, so I'm glad you did that. Anybody in the, anybody up below that in the six K? Uh, I don't know where Graham McDowell's at. He's somebody I would kind of lean towards. Uh, Brian Stewart, I think, is uh, probably somebody I would go to in the $7,000 range. And the 6K, I don't think you need to really go there. Yeah. Unless you just, uh, you know, who uh, Adam Svensson, uh, that could be someone that you maybe want to lean on. I mean, in my model, he's ranked uh, number one in strokes gain T to green. Uh, he absolutely sucks in putting. Uh, who else? Uh, Camille, uh, Camilo Villegas. Uh, that could be someone that I kind of look at down there that, that's uh, potentially high. Chase Seifert could be someone that I uh, give a nod to. Outside of that, uh, that's I'm probably... Ooh, look at oh, Tommy Two Gloves Ganey coming in hot. Um no, so I'm I'm probably sticking with those those three three guys or so that I'm I'm gonna kinda anchor on. So Yeah. I'm with you there too. Yep. Okay. Good. Uh hold on, but let's uh let's re pour. Unless you probably already drank yours. 
No, I did not. Oh, I'm taking Ricky Fowler uh, this week. <laughs> oh, Bucky, Bucky Fowler for the one and done. Uh, let me tell you how that worked out for me last week, Dan. It's actually you, you're you're it. well. Wait a minute. Well, so hold on. Speaking of one and dones, uh, who did you take the lead? No, actually, you're ahead by like a hundred thousand bucks because you had a, you had a really good one at um, the CJ Cup. You got uh, who was it there? You got was it Morikawa or? somebody no um you had somebody big there yeah oh it was mm-hmm. uh cam smith oh yeah cam smith yeah uh, yeah i thought and great use of him that's another one I, do, I won't have to ponder over the rest of the season so good to go there yeah he did well uh, what, so what happens when if 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 you take the lead in the one and done are we just going to have a show about how you took the lead in the one and done your strategy it probably be a special episode yeah probably uh probably a, rib- <laughs> a ribbon cutting event yep <laughs> What are we going to have, like, uh, mocktail spritzers? Mocktail spritzers? Uh, no, 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 no. We're going to have the bourbon coffee spritzers or something, you yeah. know? Ooh, 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 a cold, a cold coffee. By the way, I don't know if you had a chance to check out the review or not, but I uh, I did find the, uh, I found the bean cream. The bean cream. Named. Jim Beam's bourbon cream. The bean cream. I, who named that? Why would you do that? I don't know. But anyway, they did it. And uh, the, those things are like, like, like uh, I, I say it a lot, equally good, but equally different. So there's a great review. Well, I don't know if it's great. It's definitely a good, uh, I give a good representation of what both of those taste like, in my opinion. Mm-hmm my opinion there you go and uh, so go check that out at birdies and bourbon on youtube uh, i thought it was uh, noteworthy when i get the when i find the evan williams uh, i don't know if the evan williams is going to be called but there's an evan williams that's uh, it's coming out i haven't seen it here yet but when i get them i'm going to do put all three of them side by side uh but get maybe maybe we'll stack up a little barrel aged coffee and do uh, some you know, a little, little mix, mix, the mix, other mix, thing mix. we need to do this year is we need a, a, a side by side of um, the best eggnogs in the market. Mm. Now that sir can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could use Beams Cream almost for for that. I mean, it kind of did. It tasted a lot like eggnog. Evan Williams so. does their own eggnog, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Yeah, well, there, there, there's more coming out. There's more. And on the way. remember, we've got to get it this year from Clearwater because he does one too. Ooh, he did say he was. Yeah. Ooh. By the way, they just released a couple of more, uh, a couple of more whiskeys. So I like uh, that. I like those prob- guys. I like those guys yeah, we, a lot. Yeah. yeah. We we probably need to get Matt back on the show sometime. That white whiskey. That light whiskey was. Oh, the fourteen year. Mm-hmm. You got some good. of that still? Oh yeah. I'll be over soon. Nope. 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 <laughs> <laughs> hey. 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 Actually, just ran out. <laughs> um. Let's see. Okay. One and done. I feel like I could be stealing yours. I want you to go. I want to give you the honor. You, well, here's the way I think we should do it going forward. You, you won this weekend. So it's your tee box, sir. I didn't win this weekend. You won this weekend. No, 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 no. You, I had, I had Bucky Fowler. Oh, that's right. You won last weekend. Uh, so, so I'm you going have Mito. Honors. I'm going Mito. We talked about him earlier. I think yeah, he's probably he, one of the best top top five players in the field. I'm taking him. He burned me for sure. I hope he burns your ass too. So hey, market, market, market a zero, Donnie. Mito will not <laughs> over the Mito, Mito, Mito misses a cut. Market a zero, over, Donnie. Over the T marker. <laughs> market, market a zero, Donnie. Uh, okay, so so I'm struggling. 
And, and there's people I could go with down uh, below these guys, but I, I'm, I'm not going to stoop that low this weekend. Uh, I'm, I want to stick with, I want to stick with P Reed. I want, I want to pick him so bad because I'm thinking where else is Patrick Reed going to play that's going to have this field that I mean, I don't know if he's going to play in another tournament that that's uh, that that like this. That's a little bit this light, yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of higher However, firepower, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's this low proof. That's, mm-hmm. that, that's this low oh, proof. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, However, like this basil head in, in uh, B. Yeah, you're right. It's like it's like uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of sagamores left throughout the year. We ain't gonna have a whole lot of we're we're not gonna have a whole lot of Basil Hayden's uh, low proofers that he's actually gonna play in. So, but I'm looking at Seamus Power's numbers, and I'm like, they're gonna be on the ocean. The first three letters of his name starts with S E A. What's that spell, Dan? <laughs> yeah, well, let's just go with C. 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 Like the ocean. Like the sea. Like the, like yes yes uh, I think it's uh, I think it uh, spells Shay. Give me Seamus Powers. Give me give me give me give me Seamus Power. All right, you got him. All right, you got him. Uh, I'll I'll take Seamus. All right, you got I'll him. I'll take Seamus. You got I, him. I, I, because I think the same about him as I do Patrick Reed. Is when is he going to be in this low proof of a field? And I feel like uh, I feel like the numbers are. The numbers are in his favor, uh, so we'll we'll see where that goes. Okay, so um, give me the proof. No, give me the proof on the uh, on the three and the uh, on the retail on the three. Ooh, uh, that's going to be a tough one. Okay, so Can you at least give me the proof on the three. Yeah, yeah, give yeah, me yeah. ranges. The, give me ranges. Ba- ba- Basil Hayden should be around 80, 80 proof. Eight, Basil Hayden ten year eighty proof, and it's probably going to cost you around eighty or ninety bucks. Okay. Uh, the Willet that we're sipping on right now is going to be 110 proof. Really? It doesn't drink like that at all. And so depending on where you get it and what kind of sucker you are, uh, you should be paying around 40 bucks. It actually probably should be in the mid thirties, probably maybe in the forties. Uh, if you're at one of these kind of gotcha stores, you could see it on the shelf for a hundred or more. Don't buy it. Don't buy it at a hundred or more. Uh, I'd say pick up another rye and, and go there. And the Sagamore double oaked. Uh, this actually, and if this was our pick, this one was. Uh, this one was. Still don't want to tell us. Covered up the proof. It's probably like a hundred. Uh, hundred. And... I, I, I think the double oaked is probably. Well, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, but the double oak. If if you're into double oak, so if you like oh, the, good. Yeah. if you like Devil's Cut Jim Beam, if you're into uh, Jim Beam double oak, if you're into if you like double oak stuff uh, or double oak whiskey, this one. Uh, it, it, hey, Sagamore is uh, it, it's really good. I, 90, way 96 proof. It. It, yeah. That's okay. That sounds right. And it's probably coming in sixty or seventy bucks. I'm gonna speculate to say at I retail. I don't have that here, but yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm get. Well, does your say yeah, anything? Yeah, sixty bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So sixty or seventy, depending on the market and and et cetera. So, so based on what we know, uh, yeah. I mean, by far, the Basil Hayden ten year is the most expensive. 
Uh, and, and it's the lowest proof by double digit points. So, uh, and to, well, let's, let's, let's get your take. I, I want to talk a little, uh, I, I got a movie, it's a little, little movie and TV. I want to talk to, but okay. let's, uh, l- let's hit this first. So if you had to rank these, how would you rank them? tonight? Because of what I've ever have eaten today, I would go and this could change, right? Cause tomorrow I could say the one I, I like the least, which is not necessarily to say I don't like it. It's just, a, I believe it has to be in an order, right? Uh, right now I'm going to go Sagamore, Willet, and then Basil Hayden. Ooh, nice. Um, I can't really. All right. Well, so tonight, and, uh, what you should do is you should go get these bottles and taste them for yourself and you should rank them and you should have the same ones at different days and f- figure out a blind tasting for yourself. By the way, if you haven't figured out how to do a blind tasting by yourself, three glasses, Put, put something unique on the bottom of it, put a little piece of tape and put a one, two, three or ABC and give them the old shuffle. And uh, you can blind taste yourself easily enough. That way you don't know. Uh, it's the tonight, best way to taste. The best way to taste is the blind taste. Yeah. Tonight for me, I'm going to go. It's actually Willet Sagamore and Basil Hayden is the last for me for sure. I don't know that there's going to be a day that I'm going to say that the Basil Hayden tenure was like the, that, that's going to lead anything, not against this lineup. I think the, I think the Sagamore and the Willet are going to flip flop a little bit for me. And I, and I don't think any of them are bad, even though uh, I bought the bottle of Basil Hayden tenure and I've never bought another bottle of Basil Hayden tenure. Uh, the, uh, the Sagamore, I think was, uh, I think that was a media sample from Sagamore. Uh, but I bought plenty more after that, believe me. And the Willet, uh, I purchased as well. And I think it, I'll kind of flip flop between, uh, the Willet and the Sagamore because they're just completely different rye whiskeys. Oh, sorry. Yep. This is going to be a 20 minute cow rant. Okay. So. In the watch world, you've got Rolex and Patek and AP and all these guys. All the all the logos you see on all these golfers, right? You know, and then you got Grand Seikos and all, and uh, IWC and all these different brands. Okay, and you got a Rolex Daytona that sells for thirteen thousand dollars retail in in your AD, and then on the secondary market it sells for. $38,000 right now. Okay. So the question is, why wouldn't Rolex just charge $38,000 for a Daytona and just do away with the secondary market? So with these three here, you're saying that Sagamore is 60, the Basil Hayden's 80, and the Willet is 40. But the Willet, but the Willet is going to sell for 100 in a lot of stores. The, the, the thought process is with the watches is like, okay, well, why doesn't Rolex just charge $40,000 for a Daytona and call it a day? Well, because a watch at that price point should be a lot more advanced than it is in terms of what you're getting for that watch. It's just the rarity of it. Do you think the same is holding true here with these in terms of, should, will it be charging $100 for that bottle or should it be charging $40 for that bottle? out of out of the three bottles out of the three expressions that we've tasted uh i i think there's a lot of uniqueness to uh i don't know if that's the right right 
uh, way to frame that. There, there's a lot, there, there's so many variables in, in what you're framing up in the watch world to what you just framed up in the, uh, in, in the bourbon world. Now, and, and let me preface by this. So, you know, will it, this was a, this was a green top bottle, not a purple top. And essentially what I'm saying is if this was a purple top, it would have been, it would have been, uh, two, three, four hundred dollars if you could have even found it. I think that what what we're seeing right now, and and where I think, and, and we're seeing it in the watch world, I'll try to I'll try to uh, shoehorn this in there, um, is that no, I I don't no this bottle to me, like I just said, if it's if this thing is over like forty or forty five bucks, I mean I wouldn't even pay that. I mean really, it's it should be like thirty or thirty five. The Willet, the the green top, and. That absolutely, it is. It, it, there are so many better ryes out there that you and yeah, you could pay double the price of what the um, the uh, the SRP is for the Willet, but there's no reason to pay secondary or aftermarket price for a Willet Green Top when you can go out and get something like a Sagamore. You could get a Knob Creek rye. You could get uh, you could get a uh, a rare breed rye, which it, it, it's turkey That's doesn't. I, and That's I, I stuff, love yeah. yeah, I love love the rare breed expressions. So I think that the difference is is that. You've got somebody like Sagamore that's backed by uh, just transparency, right? I mean, it's uh, the, the Under Armour essentially started uh, Sagamore Spirit. Not, not taking away uh, from anything that Brian Tracy and team have done over there and, and what they've done and how they've gotten everything to the market. But, you know, I, I think that the, the, the key there is that they've got plenty of product because they've been sitting on a lot of product. They, they sourced sitting and, and they're sitting on it and now they're starting to get to their you know what their releases i mean it's like look at sagamore and look at some of their barrel finish stuff uh when we were talking with brian on the show and he was talking about the manhattan finish right and he's oh, like that Shit. was good stuff he's like hey, if, you, if, you, if you find another bottle and i actually found a couple and i picked them up because they don't they don't have anything i mean that that was kind of, the, of, of it, the manhattan right? of the man yeah, I'll be yeah i picked a couple what? Hey, yeah, they're, they're hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm all out. Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> but you know, but in, in all reality, I mean, it's like, I mean, the Basil Hayden ten year is like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who's paying. I don't know why you're paying eighty or ninety dollars for an eighty proofer that just kind of is. I mean, like really, like it, like that needs to be put in a cocktail. And to, to, and, and it ain't even going to hold up. I mean, you need to put it with something else and put it in like a, an old pal or something that it's going to kind of hold up to you. got to backstop it with something that's a little higher proof. So I don't know why, you know, with the Willet and the, and the Basil Hayden, it's just, I mean, they're creating their own demand. I mean, they're, it, it, but so as I'm kind of pushing, trying to get this back over to the watch arena, it's, it's the reason that they're not charging $40,000 $40, for a $10,000 watch is because, they, I mean, they don't have to. And, and the, the clearly, clearly the margins are there that they don't need to charge $40,000 for a $10,000 watch that they value, right? Because they're valuing. It's like, wait a minute, I'm going to go pay three times as much for something that somebody's already worn. And maybe for many years. 
Yeah. And I mean, and if you've got an automatic, if you, if you got one, right. I mean, these things, they got to be serviced, uh, parts wear out on them oddly enough. And, and sometimes they don't keep, you know, I mean, there's a lot of upkeep, yeah. but somebody would rather go and pay. And I, I don't know. I think it's more the mindset of the consumer that's willing to do that and go down that road, which just like it's a, and, yeah. and I mean, listen, I'm a pig about it. Right. I mean, I've got plenty of bottles back here that are, that, that, that are the label that, yeah. that's the label. Right. Yeah. And, and there, I don't, if, it, if you want it, you're doing it for the right reasons, then I think it's the right reason. If you can afford to do it, yep. if you can't afford to do it, then there's a problem. I see that new vertical up there. We're going to go through that in the next couple of days, right? Isn't it right? Uh, I, I did. Did you get these? Yeah, oh yeah, I got them. Yeah, yep. Oh yeah, I know. Now that whole vertical yep. is like I think the bottle just to the this side of it, mm-hmm. one, that one bottle to this side yeah, of it yeah. is like three times more on the <laughs> secondary than all of those bottles are together. And I'm not saying that any of those bottles or all of those bottles combined are better than that one bottle. But what I am saying is, and why I do have a lot of alcohol on the shelf, this is number one, because I'm not an alcoholic. Right. So no, your summary is completely accurate. And it's exactly what I thought you would say. And it's the same thing in both worlds in that it's supply and demand and that the demand and the buzz behind one certain type of bottle or a watch or product is like, it's so high that people are bidding it up and they want it and they got to have it as a trophy or whatnot. But at the same price or a lot less of the price, you can get just as good as a product and be happy. If you don't have to have that particular one, there's a lot more ways that you can satisfy yourself with that. Yeah. I mean, so if if I can, if if I'm not uh, belaboring the the subject here. So I I own, uh, I don't know, a couple of watches. Only one of them is a nice one. It's this one. And it it, it was a gift and and I I cherish it, love it. You know, it's, it's been a great watch. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not the, I would rather go and buy a new set of golf clubs then go and which the watch is going to be, you know, three or four times the price of and just at, at face value, right? Just, just at retail, if you can find it, it's going to be a hell of a lot more than a set of golf clubs. But I, there's something about, even though a watch is tangible, right? I can feel it. I can see it. I can do, I think technology has kind of removed me from the watch arena it's like, I mean, this is, this is like man jewelry, it, not man jewelry. It's just like people jewelry, right? It now. is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can look, but Hey, but I can also be like, like, I mean, where are you when you can't pick this up and be like, Oh, it's this time. And even if you don't have service, it still tells you what time it is. The only time you're going to be there is when it's dead. Well, guess what? If I didn't wear this thing all weekend and I pick it up off the counter, guess what? I ain't moving. It ain't moving, man. It's, it's sitting on whenever it, whenever it stopped. Whenever it stopped, it stopped. So, you know, it, it's that, that, that's the thing to me. Now, the thing about the uh, about bourbon or whiskey is I can I, I can always pick it up and I can taste it and it changes every time there. I mean, there are some um, there are some characteristics that I'm probably always going to get. If I didn't like it, I'm probably, I, I may be like, eh, it wasn't as bad as what I had the last time. But if it's something that I liked, I'm probably always going to like, and it's been like, well, it's not as good as it was yesterday, but Ooh, but there's that one note that I still like that's in there. So I think to me, that's the difference between like a watch and a whiskey yeah. is 
But the point was about really about the, 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 the market, the secondary market in terms of how much it goes up. But it, it, it's all about preference in terms of what you, what you value more, right? So you value that more. Other people value the, maybe the watch more. It wasn't really about the, the class of like, I like this more. And like, it's more along the lines of because the secondary market's doing this, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to pay that in order to get that experience. When I put this watch on, I don't feel any different. Oh, when boy. I take a big sip, when I take a big sip of whiskey, mm -hmm. as someone would say, big sip. Let it or I unleaded. Feel, I, oh, let it. <laughs> All right. Let so it. hit me, hit me with your TV stuff. Okay, we gotta go. We're getting Ooh, long. We're getting okay. long, okay. long winded. Yeah. I know. Sorry. 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 Okay. So, uh, all right. TV. It's kind of sports, but. Uh, Braves win! Braves win! Braves win! Braves win! Yes. Braves win. <laughs> Good Lord! There we go! Braves win! Uh, who, who, who you got? Uh, by the way, uh, busr dot com forward slash birdies to bet the World Series. Busser dot com forward slash birdies to bet the World Series. Who you got? I have not been to the new Mercedes Benz Stadium. I don't know how the trash cans are. No, 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 Dan, Dan, that's, that's no, no. We'll, we'll get to the Falcons and we'll talk about the dolphins in just a second. No, no, the trash so, cans for the Astros when they're banging the trash cans about the, the count, <laughs> what pitch is coming. <laughs> is it still, is it still illegal to cheat on baseball? I, I'm, all, I, I'm all about the Braves. I mean, no, I'm all about, I, I can't stand the Astros. Yeah. So. Mm, going, going bravo i'm mm. going bravos too i mean home i guess quasi adopted whatever you call it hometown boy as a kid the i braves. watched the braves going up as a kid i mean that was our closest one i'm a red Sox fan this is my number one number two is braves because because i was oh, as a kid yep the, 100%. the boston braves there you go. i mean you watched them as a kid all day long <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know i wanted to have my pearl necklace on tonight uh oddly enough i don't i don't have any pearls in the house so yeah i don't know had some oysters but uh, in a, that, yeah, non-producing. Nice. Um, so let's see. Uh, what else burned me this week? Oh, you. Do, oh, so here's a good one. Here's a good one. So fantasy football. Um, the uh, West Durham's Atlanta Falcons played the Miami Fins, and uh, I, I was a little worried. I did in my pick'em league. I did pick. I did pick the Atlanta Falcons to come out victorious had me worried for quite some time. I was like, Holy shit. Are they actually going to lose to, uh, to tugs down there and the dolphins? They did not. They did not. Uh, it didn't so, have me worried at all. <laughs> I knew what we do. <laughs> I knew what we do. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. all right, so, so I won that one. So, and, so real uh, quick, my prediction next five years, it's going to be the London dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's going to be the London. Uh, the, I don't, can you call it football over there? You can't call it. You're going to have to go the London pigskin <laughs> team. London pigskin team. It's going to be the, the old Miami dolphins. <laughs> the London oh, Butterfields. They are, they are struggling. Uh, let's see. Okay. Even though said we, there's shit. Shitload, shitload of ball on. Uh, I did. I did had to beef. I had to beef the bar up a little bit because I had a little sagging. Mm. As, as, as we get older, we start to sag. Ooh. So I had to had to do some you, some re uh, restructuring back there. Did you there. put yeah, some more so, reinforcements up? Like get the hammer out kind of stuff? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, we got yeah. the drill, the hammer. Yeah. I did some stuff. Yeah, cool. I had a little sagging. That's yeah, cool. But it happens. It happens when you get older. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ooh, I, I wanted. Uh, you may not have watched it yet. Mm. But I flipped it on. You know, I was kind of tired. I, I was sported out, and I, I flipped on the new release of Dune. Did you watch uh, Dune not yet? yet? Not yet. <laughs> this is a movie, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me let me go ahead and say, this could. Uh, we're probably going to offend a lot of people by this, so I'm going to go ahead and let it rip. Uh, this could be now. Dune is like a remake from like the early eight, mid '80s or something. I think I, I for, and I don't even remember the guy that played the main character. And it was kind of, I don't know. It was a little. It, it was the mid '80s, right? And and it. I don't think it held a light to Star Wars. I, I haven't gone back and rewatched it. I'm not going to, but I do remember watching Star Wars, and I remember watching Star Wars as a kid. And, uh, like star Wars, I still remember Dune. Eh, I don't really remember me either. Uh, but this was really, uh, it, it was pretty well done. It's like, if you could combine star Wars with Mad Max. Ah, okay. Okay. It, it's like that. I mean that to me, so it's, it's a little, it's, it's, it's sci-fi in a sense. So, but if you could think about like Mad Max, where we're not driving around, what was his car? Like a 69 Mustang fastback or something. I don't know what it is, but it was, it was some late sixties muscle car with the blower and all that stuff. And, uh, and, and it's got that, uh, that Jason, uh, Jason Moa guy in it. Uh, yeah. Let me just say, man. The reason reason I say that it's going to be the new Star Wars is that this is going to be just be expecting that there's going to be things at the end that lead you to uh, part two is probably already being filmed. Actually, it it may already be done. They may be working on uh, on episode three right now. It's going to be the new trilogy in the sense of Dune was, as far as I know, one time and done show and uh, or movie and this dune is going to be i mean they're going to build off of this thing and they're going to work through it and whether you're into sci-fi or any of that crap if you watch the c uh, on apple tv and any of that stuff it kind of fits right in that same category so i thought it was really well done i thought the characters were good i thought they spaced everybody out enough that it really kind of anchored on to you you could kind of adapt to each each uh, character and each uh, persona that existed. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Thought it was good. Uh, I wouldn't say, uh, you know, waste the whole evening on it. I did it while I was, you know, pulling down liquor and putting it up and catching it kind of in the peripheral over here. So, yeah, that's good. Good, good stuff. That's good. Good deal. Uh, oh, did you see Jason uh, Sadakis? Oh, yeah. I said no. Uh, yeah. Did you see that? I watched part of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, what, what'd you think? I liked it. I, I loved the monologue. I loved the fact that he said that he was a kid watching it and how, you know, so many musical acts were over here, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all those and how, you know, all the comedy. And I thought that was really a really good monologue. And you can tell his influence on the Ted Lasso show in terms of writing about how authentic he is and how positive he is. Um, and it just kind of pours through that show with other writers on that show as well. And Beard's one of the writers. I don't know if you knew that he's one of the actually creators of the beard of the show, but, uh, great show, but I thought the monologue and hopefully Sudeikis can continue that theme because 
I love the theme of positivity uh, more so than if it bleeds and leads kind of thing. Um, so yeah, 100%. I thought it was awesome what he did and I'm a fan, man. I'm a really big fan. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought it was great. I think, uh, you know, I, I'm glad to see somebody like that step out of there, even though he wanted to, right. I mean, he wanted to, that's what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. but you know, you know, kudos to, 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 uh, Sadakis for, uh, for stepping out and taking that chance and kind of going down a path of like, Oh shit, let's see what happens. Because and if you've got the creative mind and the ability to kind of go down that road, then, Hey, let me, and I'm sure there's some, there, there's, there, there's some wranglers, right. That are kind of like, Hey, you know, it might be better if we go to, what do you think about this? But yeah. giving, giving someone that, uh, that, that ability to, Hey, let me write it down. You kind of then tell me, you know, what's, what's, what's going in the right direction with the algorithm. So, yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. I think, uh, he said it best. Like, how do you take a show about soccer and positivity? The two things that the U S hates and make it a hit, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I can't argue. All right. Well, here's to, uh, here's to Mito Pereira. Uh, sorry, Mito. Uh, <laughs> I'd, say, uh, <laughs> hey, I'd, I'd say, Hey, get, go ahead and get that lounge chair booked. You're going to have some beach time on the weekend. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, here's to, Ooh, I got some more reviews coming out hopefully. So, Perfect. uh, cheers to that. Check us out at birdies underscore bourbon on Instagram. We're at birdies and bourbon on youtube we're working on that by the way but that's just what it is right now and more importantly uh we'd like a like or a dislike either way even a bad review is still a view cheers cheers